3: Hello, welcome to Forest Focus, the transfer window's closed, but there's still business that could happen for Nottingham Forest, who we'll go to bogey team Bournemouth on Sunday. We'll discuss who signed, who didn't, and where the Reds are now in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Pete Blackburn. Pete, how are you doing?
0: Great, thanks, pal. How are you? Good.
3: Uh, I'm all right. I realise that I haven't written down any of my notes in the private chat, so that's a good start. Because you, I'm going to blame you, because you logged on five minutes early, which I'm not used to, and then we had the chat. So uh, I'll have to wing the next few minutes or so, which is standard. Uh, second guest today, returning after last night, Hero's Effort again, is Mikey Clark. Mikey, are you well?
4: Yeah, really good. Thanks, Matt. Are you all right?
3: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, not too bad. So, don't ask me if I'm all right, for us because I won't have an answer. <laughs> uh, third guest, <laughs> live from
2: some uh, dodgy hotel room somewhere in England, is <laughs> David Brotten. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to ask how you are. I don't care how you are. Pete, hey, Mikey, both well?
0: Good, thanks, pal.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Let's give him yes or no answers till he realizes he's got to go and get his nose. I still still remember Pete
3: crapping all over one of my questions time he was on and giving me the most terse answer among many other good answers. So, uh, in fact, we'll let you kick off, Pete, because you weren't on last night. What did you make of the transfer business in general? Three in, ten out. There was the kind of mad, 2 pom attempt, but generally it was very restrained for Forrest. Where where are you at on it?
0: I think a sense of relief overall, I guess. It's nice to have a a transfer window that we're not going to be splashed all over the sports pages for the various madness that's been going on. I think uh, I was slightly concerned when I saw images of Maranakis at the the training ground, wondering what, what might be going on down there. But thankfully, it seems like things were relatively quiet, apart from a fairly um, lengthy and detailed search for a goalkeeper, which obviously eventually came to some fruition, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, sense of, of relief. And hopefully transfer windows can be a little bit more like this in the in the future, I guess, a little bit more calm and thoughtful.
3: What about you from the, not the outside looking in pros, but you were across mm. a lot of clubs on, on deadline day.
2: Yeah. yeah. Was probably the busiest, but what, what's your take on it? The way I mean, it was it was um, understandably quiet, given obviously the kind of broader um, landscape of, of the financial side of football at the moment. Um, and as you say, Forest were busy potentially in the right areas. Obviously, the proof now comes from putting these players in the team or seeing how well they actually um, settle to being at Nottingham Forest. That's where the the skill of the manager and the uh, general culture of the players comes in. Um, Obviously, departures that we thought may happen did. And there's still some question marks, of course, with international uh, transfer winners about players that are still here. Um, but I, I think, yeah, it's 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 fun on the outside looking in when it's a bit chaotic and you're wondering what's going on. Um, but on the flip side, things have had to be done sensibly, haven't they? We, we, we've discussed that before about that side of it, which has been a bit scattergun. You, we saw images of the owner stalking around the training ground. I was sat next to Paul Merson yesterday for a couple of hours. We, we mostly got asked about Ferrari, which was got little to no interest in whatsoever when it comes to F1. He's gone there, he's going to drive a really fast car for someone else and get paid more. Brilliant, yeah, but it's, yay. And so the, that and he, he kind of said to me, he said, never really looks happy, does it, the owner? And you could see him stalking around, just kind of furrow brow getting stuff done. Uh, and he, he quite obviously means business, as he has done so far since he's been involved with Forrest. And hopefully it's the type of business that gives us all a bit more of a comfortable end to the season rather than kind of horribly looking over the shoulder. Uh, what about you, Mikey? I think, you know,
3: at the start of the window, we said, well, we probably said we wanted a striker, but that kind of went away. But we wanted a goalkeeper. We got one. We wanted a versatile forward. We got one. And we got a young, hopefully, uh, football manager-style wonderkid striker in as well. Were you you taking that?
4: Um, Yeah, definitely. I concur with what the guys are saying. I think, um, what was it, three in, ten out, as you said. The window's still open. So, you know, we had a bit of a top-heavy squad, lots of bodies there. feels like it's evened itself out a little bit. One area we said last night where we were overloaded a little bit was central midfield. So, although I'm I'm, um, disappointed to see Mangala go, I understood it. And if, if it then finances where we desperately desperately needed position, which was the goalkeeper, um, then needs must, uh, and and it had to happen. Um, you know, I, th- I think I said to you uh, the other week, Matt, that um, I'd be happy just with the goalkeeper, if I was perfectly honest. And you know, it sounds as if we went all out for one all over the world. <laughs> Eventually, we've got one. Let's hope he uh, hits the ground running because he needs to. And I think if that position settles down, the squad now looks more balanced. Uh, and like I said, there might be one or two more outgoings, but Nuno did say he wanted a smaller, tighter squad, which will give him more consistency in 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 who he picks, and I think he's uh, he's heading towards that. So yeah, I'm 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 comfortable with it. I think
3: uh good to have 200 people with us already good uh, appreciate the company let's do a quick plug for the trent navigation uh what's your cuisine of choice here products so i'll let you say do you want pie curry sunday roast or fish and chips Ooh, what pie is it uh well it's a steak pie on the graphic is that, is that definitely
2: if, if there's a steak pie that would override everything on there mm-hmm. and second place would be a sunday like lo- oh look at that <laughs> <laughs> properly encased in pastry as well, not one of those rubbish ones where it's just on the top.
3: No, it's very good. Unfortunately, wow. it was yesterday, so you're going to have to wait till next Thursday, everyone. I oh, won't right. uh... eat anything for a week then, so I'll make that next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but do get down in the nab if you can uh, and enjoy uh, the games, the food, uh, the beer, everything that is associated with it. Let's go back to that goalkeeper search then. We got, um, I spoke to Mikey about this last night, Pete, but we got um, Matt Sells interesting i was a bit i was probably a bit down on him at the time because i was too caught up in stats i'll put this up on the screen i put it up last night his save percentage is you know a bit a bit grim this season when you look at his bottom out of every goalkeeper in the french league but then you see the reaction of Strasbourg supporters who were gutted you see the videos of him, you know, looking, making some good, any keep. You can do this for any goalie, I appreciate. But the video <laughs> that was put out of him uh, made it look like he was quite imposing, confident. He's got, you know, the track record of the CB of being in the Belgium scored, being experienced number one. Was he probably the best we were going to get in a difficult market, do you think?
0: Well, it looks that way because that's, that's where we've ended up. I mean, it clearly is a difficult market. And from what we gather, there was. A lot of feelers going out to a lot of places across Europe, um, which is how it needed to be. And like you say, it's a difficult market. We were pretty desperate. Um, clubs aren't going to be very keen to give us their number ones at, at this yeah. at this point without a uh, significant recompense. I think I had the same initial reaction as you. I felt slightly underwhelmed when I had a look at some of the sort of, pro, his sort of profile stats and that sort of thing. But ultimately, I... I I haven't seen a great deal of him or certainly haven't sort of scouted him in any sense. Um, and actually, at this point, we're not after a, a huge amount, are we? We're just after a steady goalkeeper who takes away some of that fear and some of those really, really serious errors that have been costing us in in recent weeks. Um, fingers crossed he can be that guy. Um, obviously, it leaves us with a big old stable of goalkeepers now and problems for the with goalies. <laughs> Some problems in the future. We might have three or four on the bench at um, the weekend, uh, but like I, I, I say, it's it's a it's, a, it's a hopefully a problem solved. And I'm going to get behind him. Hopefully, everyone will. And fingers crossed, he can cut out those those errors that we've been seeing.
3: Yeah, I mean, we literally have got a five-a-side team of goalies now um, with Young George Shaw making it up. Is that a problem for another day, Prutz? I guess now that we you know just make
2: the best of it till the summer. Yeah, you get the feeling, obviously, the first port of call is to box off this season and that's not wishing away the next couple of months, but to, it's to be um, a May, June, July discussion with Nottingham Forest as a Premier League team again, isn't it? I'm not saying it'll be a blank slate, but there'll be a, a certain amount of work, I think, will be done from a personnel point of view then. The, the thing with the goalkeeper is, because it is it has become such a thing at Forest and for, in without getting too soft about it but on a more humane note when you're watching the game on Tuesday and the goal goes in and you see the replays and you just think oh no because there's there's it's really it's that position the classic position where if you make a mistake there's no it's no one else but you it's the fellow with the gloves on that's you know on his own thinking oh, Christ this has happened and then sells comes in um, and as you said we've all looked at kind of the potted history of him and a best of real is always going to show the best of uh, which um I've got one on YouTube. It's about five seconds long. It's me not getting a book in for a couple of minutes. Um, the, but the, um, the, the it's I, I sincerely hope he can deal with pressure, sincerely, because he's going to come in and everyone's going to go, well, you need to be fundamentally better than what we have. This has been our problem. You're here to solve it. The minute he flaps at one, the minute it goes in, it bounces off him, the minute we kind of go, mm, could he pluck that one out of there? Should he have come for that? What's he like with his feet? Can he start Forrest off in a certain way? What, how, how, How is he judged? What are the standards that he's judged at? Is it against the goalkeepers that are already there? Is it on his own merits? Is it what we've seen from him at other football clubs? I'm, I'm very intrigued. He's going to have to be very strong-minded, have a really strong character. And you would hope that, the, obviously, with recruitment, it's not just about the player, it's about the person. So hopefully that's, these are boxes that are, are all going to be ticked. But again, not, not trying to second-guess what the die-hard Forest fan thinks. But the minute he comes out for that first cross and you're hoping, please just take it and claim it. <laughs> Calm everyone down, really, are you? Unless it's one of those where it comes, bounces, and you think, oh, Christ, there we go again. I know I put
3: in our WhatsApp chat this morning, Mikey, that, you know, our season rests in his big Belgian hands. And I was sort of half-joking, <laughs> but in a way it does. I suppose the encouraging thing is, like Mark Southern's <laughs> message just last night, he's not made a mistake that's led to a goal for six years. I mean, you can get to bound to be some ricks in there. He's got away with, but the fact that he seems more steady than than Turner has been is something to to build on. Hopefully, isn't it?
4: Yeah, you weren't joking. That's why everyone gave you a thumbs up in response (laughs) because everyone everyone feels feels the same. And and is absolutely right. You know, um, if he does make his debut at at Bournemouth at the weekend, the eyes are going to be on him. Of course, they are, and. I'm really hoping that he exudes that sort of calm and confident presence, which which that backfall and the whole team and the whole support base needs. Because as soon as he does, the eyes will go somewhere else. And we, we, we will almost hopefully stop panicking about it because it's such a crucial position. It was arguably the most crucial position on the football pitch. You know, if you make a mistake as a midfielder or a Or a striker you get another chance two three minutes later if you make one as a keeper it 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 usually ends in a goal so that's why it was absolutely crucial that we that we made a move that we um recognized that we had an issue not just with with matt turner but with with pretty much all our goalkeepers i think we've tried tried them all at a certain level over the last year or so um and we needed to upgrade and we had so Let's just say you've got to get behind him. Let's just hope he hits the ground running. Um, and let's hope he used that, like I said, that stable presence that we need. I think you can read so much into stats, can't you? Because you, you just flash one on screen to say he um, has the worst shot saving percentage. But then you look at the reaction of the fans who, who seem genuinely gutted that he's gone here. And then you look at the fact that, like Mark said, he's not made a, an error that's led directly to a goal for five, six years that's a hell of a start. I think in comparison, Turner's made what, three that have led directly to goals? I mean, we all think it's it's more than that, but um that's just the case. So if he brings any of that <clears throat> at any level, then we will see a difference. And Forrest are losing points every single game because of mistakes that are getting made um by the goalkeeper. So it was fundamental that we made that change and we have. And I'm just I'm hopeful and I'm also um Positive because this guy is a is a fixture in the Belgian national squad. You know he's behind some very very good goalkeepers, but he's obviously operating at a at a level that is needed for Forest. So yeah, I'm re- I'm really positive. And like Pete says, quite rightly, we did scour the market and we did try, but who's going to give you their number one in January? It's not going to happen. So hmm. let's hope that we've got an upgrade, and let's hope that as Prutz says, we can get to the end of the season. We're still a Premier League club and then we can look at it from there because we are going to have a lot of goalkeepers um on our books so we're going to have to make again some changes but um yeah i'm positive it was what what was needed to happen Matt, and it happened
3: yeah, yeah. teams aren't even give you their number two in a lot of a lot of cases yeah. are they as well because they're going to need them probably like a lot of big clubs are in europe and stuff like that and those those keepers play or play in the fa cup and yeah so i think we did as well as we were going to do uh, Andy Taylor actually will talk about Mangala next. We will get to Mangala, Andy. I just wanted to get onto the deal that didn't happen quickly in Tuba We won't dwell on it because it didn't happen. <clears throat> but um, we all kind of buried it pretty much last night. But you'll have seen more of him than we will have Prutz in the last year or so when he did so well for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I mean, would, it have, yeah. would it have been a dud signing
2: out of curiosity or not? Um, I don't think to call it a dud from a player that scored that many goals in the Championship... He's a, he's a tiny bit disrespectful. Yes, it's not the type of goal return that he's done for the course of his career, but he's 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 much travelled. He's, he's got a fair few games under his belt. Having spoken to him on a one-on-one, seemed like a nice fella, um, understood what Michael Carrick wanted from him. Michael dealt with him in a certain way, made him feel very wanted. I mean, because when Chris Wilder was there, I don't think he even had a first-team squad. But he was that far away from it. Um, so to then get that out of him, obviously with the players that he's playing in and around with him at, at Borough, was, was testament to um, how well he played. Whether that was a season's worth of a purple patch, I don't know, possibly. Um, but you'd kill for a purple patch like that when you're ripping up the Championship with that amount of goals. And I think given the way that Forrest have operated going forward this season, with whether it's Chris up top or whether it's Tywo who came back um, for a few minutes uh, in the game against Arsenal and obviously scored. Then, I'm not saying that you then find Forrest in a situation where Beggars can't be choosers, but he knows English football, not necessarily the Premier League, but he, he knows English football and, and what comes with that. So, I wouldn't have, whether financially it would have worked, whether it would have been a case of... Spe- of, of, of Wasting money on a player that didn't either bring you that money back if you moved on, or whether they really got you the goals that the wages would suffice. I don't know. It's all about hypothetical now, but I don't think it would have been as big of a shot in the dark as as potentially some people are making out. Yeah, I think my reservation was more <clears throat> not around the player, but
3: mm. the profile of the player because like he thrived in a Middlesbrough team that played a certain way, and doesn't, mm. that isn't the Forest way. And he's so. Well, I mean, but you.
2: yeah, 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 and I thought. When he came on, on on Tuesday, as he grew into that second half, he offered a dynamism that was lacking in the first half. And I, th- I think I think Gary said it the other day, saying Chris would... I mean, he almost played as an attacking midfielder because he was that kind of deep. He, he, he had no support when he did get the ball 15 yards ahead of his 18-yard box. You look up and the goal must have seemed three miles away. There was no, no one around him, no one going past him. Everyone was sat in blocking... In the defensive formation, which is absolutely right when you're playing against an Arsenal side who on the day can destroy you, you've got to be you've got to be mindful of that. Um, but he certainly brought a different dimension, Taiwo, I thought, coming on. Um, and what you need right now is players that can hit the ground running, don't you? If 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 again this is all very hypothetical, Tuba comes in and takes a month to get up to speed, that's a lost month of games where points could be just chucked over the over the side. So whoever comes in and starts for Forrest will go on to the players here has got to perform now. Building for the future and and bringing people in to be good for next season means nothing if next season's in the Championship. Mm. Um, We'll come on to the Bournemouth
3: game shortly. There were a couple of exits and a few more that we'll mention, but primarily, Pete, Oral Mangala, gutted he's gone, or you feel like we we can cope because we've got decent depth in that area?
0: I think gutted is definitely not a word I would use. I'm disappointed that he's gone because he's... He's been a really good player for us, I think, overall. Certainly a good pickup for the transfer fee. This season I feel like he's come into his own. Um, he's probably been our best centre mid this season, I think, in in my opinion. He has attributes that I don't think we've got um elsewhere in the squad in terms of the way he's able to keep hold of the ball. He can wriggle out of difficult situations. He keeps us ticking over really nicely but i think everything's a balance in the situation we're in the, the wider context the wider landscape as perhaps mentioned earlier um and it's good money um from the, the sort of briefing that seems to be coming from forest the numbers are, are higher than have been reported in in some areas so hopefully that's that's the case um and it sounds like it is a move that will be triggered by not an awful lot of um, appearances being met and such like. So I'm disappointed because he's a good player. I'd have him in my first eleven, probably even potentially with all the the centre-mids fit. Um, But obviously he's gone now, so that's not going to be the case. I think it's going to be time for Sangari to step up, all being well. Um, We've obviously been a significant outlay on him. Um, uh, I think it's fair to say that we've not seen uh, the the best of him yet. Uh, Hopefully that's the case anyway. Sorry, slightly distracted by no, sorry, my, my
2: big hands, my big goalie hands just on the computer. And was, you know, well, you panic and think I've got the background set up perfectly. If he just move, it moves an inch to the left and someone's kind of sat in the corner, you think, what's going on there? But no one is sat in the corner, so it's fine. So don't ring up and report anything. <laughs> Panning oh. for a second. Sorry, Pete, you're in full flow,
0: there mate. Sorry. No, you're all right. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess in short, disappointed to see him go. Wishing the best. He's been really good for us. I think it's probably a deal that we we can't turn down because of the way that we need to we need to operate. It's a has to be a player trading model at, at this level for us right now. Um, and it's a, it's a good profit on a player that we don't desperately need, given that we've got options in the position. Um, I think it probably what makes us slightly weaker. Um, But
1: I think we can cope It is Ryan here And I have a question for you What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I think the, the the key point is about Sangare. I think you're dead right, Pete, that he needs to step up now. And if he does, then I don't think – I'd like to keep Mangala, but I don't think we'll miss him if Sangare delivers. Um, a couple of other deals that didn't happen, Mikey. Uh, primarily Serge Aurier – Fell through for Galatasaray, but now it sounds like it's back on. Um, Richie Romano's his, his tweet, his Twitter feeds like an on off relationship with uh, <laughs> with these some of these deals. I mean, I do you want to see Serge go? Um, or can you see him getting back in the team if he does stay?
4: Uh, well, firstly, I don't know who said it last night about it might have been Chris around um, Serge maybe being our signing of the season last season. I reflect on that. I think he might be right because he, he got bought in for free and he was the Serge Aurier that we hoped that he would be. You know, he, he, he hit the ground running. He was fantastic for us, to be honest with you. Um, not so much this season. Um, so I'm thinking in terms of the stock that we have at right back, we've got Montiel, we've got Nico Williams, we've got Ola Reina. Um, you know, even Joe Worrell's played out there, hasn't he? So it's not as if we're not, we're not, we're not stocked in that position. Um, so I, it's one that I expect to happen, if I'm honest with you, because because you know even if he stayed until the end of the season, I don't think it's one we'd be looking to extend past the end of this season anyway. So I guess if we can balance the books a little bit, um, get his wages off the bill, get any sort of fee for him, even if it's just something nominal, um, it probably works for all parties, because um, like I said, we're we're pretty stocked in that area. And just going back to what Pete was saying around Mangala, I think I'm I'm disappointed, but it does make sense, doesn't it? Because I wouldn't say he's one of our five or six top echelon players that could maybe break the ceiling in terms of what we could get for them in in a year or two's time, like a Danilo or a Murillo or somebody like that that could go for big, big, big money. I'm not sure we're ever going to get more than maybe what we got for Mangala. And we do have options in that area. And now it is time for Sangare to step up. So if that's funded what we've done and, and, and made us a little bit more sustainable in terms of the profit we've got in against the bottom line then it kind of does make sense for all concerned and lastly for mangala um, his his um his statement which i thought was nicely nice nicely um uh, mm. sort of nicely made suggests to me that he thinks he's not coming back so yeah, the, point, yeah. the these um these clauses might just be you know three games or something like that. I mean, that that that's a good buy statement, isn't it? For those that have read it. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just 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 to end, I think Serge will go is what I'm saying. Matt. I think he'll go in, in the next few days.
3: Yeah, that's a good point about Mangala. I think um, maybe it's an FFP thing for Leon. They want to move the, the fee into a different accounting period. And I'm not really sure on Joe Warrell Prutz. Mm. You feel sorry for him not getting his move. I mean, a Forest fans or most Forest <clears> fans uh, <throat> love him, or a lot do. I'm not sure how many do these days, but. He's gone from being club captain to losing his place. Uh, he had a move to Sheffield United fall through because they went for Mason Holgate over him by the look of it. Obviously, we, you know, his personal tragedy, his personal situation that we can't speak to, but he's had a really terrible six months. It just feels to me like he needs a move away.
2: Do you think that would benefit him now or not? Uh, yeah, no, I think, it, uh, yeah, it's a shame with the with the um, Sheffield United one. Um, I think I've read as well. There's a rumor that, that Leeds might be interested as well, and that seems to fit in my head as well. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's there. There was I can't remember who posted it on Twitter. This is what happens when you get stuck reading Twitter, doesn't it? Talking about um, what he's done, and and if you'd have told me that the, the fella that lifted the playoff final, um, the, the trophy, and then and, and then suddenly he's fast forward a couple of years and is in this position because of his behavior etc etc It's unforgivable nonsense just utter nonsense it, it did, are we it was what was the truth in the rumors of having a bust that with copes was that was that true well there's two sides to it aren't there i mean i think yeah they had
3: they've they they had a falling out but it's mm-hmm. the reason for it and how how it played out is probably something that will come out in the wash but yeah I but don't...
2: would it have been along the lines of things out going great I'm getting the blame for it. I'm not playing. I'm not having that. Hey, this is my opinion to Coops, And then obviously the manager manager's well within his rights to say, well, I don't really care what you're saying. You're not playing. And then it becomes a bit of a Mexican standoff, doesn't it? Because he is a, he was a very, um, well, a relatively powerful figure, wasn't he, Joe? Because of what he'd done, how he'd done it, the type of fellow that he was, his ties to Nottingham and his ties to Forest. And, and, but these things can happen. And, and it has happened in this way. To to say a player of Joe's ability hasn't got a place in the Premier League, I think is is a little bit naive because I think he has got the attributes to play in a certain team, in a certain part of the Premier League. Absolutely. And, and that's not me being condescending about his ability at all. Christ, to, to, to not be good enough to play in a top half Premier League team, that's 99% of the people that ever put on a pair of boots and get anywhere near playing professional football. That's just the way it is. But what he's done for the club, to be part of the club in in what has been their be- the best period in over twenty years, should never be forgotten. I've come across him a couple of times. He's been a lovely a lovely fellow I was working at the game on Tuesday. And he was looking up at the gantry, and I don't he was either waving or making a very rude gesture at me. Either way he did it either way he did it was a big smile on his face because he's he's great. The same with Ryan as well. And I've got a fondness for lads that like that because it's similar to my experience of what it's like to come through at Forest. And that, that's that's where we... And the debate about whether they're good enough for the Premier League is a completely different thing. Um But I think what Joe's done... I, I do, some, As I said on this before, things end badly because that's how they end sometimes. And he, if he moves on and goes somewhere else, I'd still like to think without being too twee or naive that there'll be a huge portion of the fan base that thinks about Joe affectionately because of what he meant. And he actually... He, cares, doesn't he? Footballers come and go. Mangala's played, what, less than 50 times. He's been waved off like a hero. Aurier, brilliant. Some good games, some not-so-good games. been plenty of players that have come through that revolving door and done absolutely sod all and couldn't get anywhere near what Joe's um, impact has been on the football club, yet suddenly there's a portion that say, oh, he's got to go, he's done this, he's done that. No, sometimes things just end that way because he loves the club and didn't think that things were happening in the way that he saw fit. It's a difference of opinions. And if he goes on, you wave him off and wish him all the best. Yeah, I just think it's kind of a shame. Like, if we go go
3: back to Wembley, he could have been potentially like sort of a Steve Chessle character who hung around <laughs> for his whole career and was a, hmm. a regular. And obviously, it hasn't worked out that way, you know.
2: Bre- Brennan least... left for, four, what, 50 million quid, was a massive yeah. part of the team that got promoted. I did the Spurs game, he got booed. And you're going... <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I've, we missed the meeting here where the, the, all the morons got together and went, let's boo him. <laughs> He's brought £50 million pounds into the football club because you're nowhere near that much. Part of a promotion that would have got £200 million quid into the coffers put Forrest back on the footballing map in the Premier League. And yet, in so, so, so to make sense of, of that kind of approach, I, I, you can't. So let's not. It's daft. It's It's... it's it's that thing that kind of you scratch your head as a football fan. I think that, that really shouldn't be the case. And it is a shame, Matt, but football doesn't care. Football's utterly ruthless. Uh, yes, it's nice if you get the big send-off, people on your shoulders carrying you out and freedom of the city, but do doesn't always end like that, man. How many of your former clubs booed you? <laughs> Why are you asking me that? You know for a fact that we all went, see you, mate. Can you bugger off now? We, we've, you've been here way too long. See ya. <laughs> Uh
3: Those returns to, yeah, Leeds, Coventry, uh, Boris,
2: <laughs> I know for a fact they'd be throwing things at me at Swindon because we were terrible. My God. Did you play for Swindon as well? Yeah, yeah, we were rubbish. We would, yeah, join. I, 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 did, I had the choice of Brighton, Brentford, and Swindon. This is our, this is, this oh. is these, these are the glory years. So Brentford, I've, 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 since spent the last ten years working in and around this area. I said no to Brighton, who subsequently passed away to the League One title under Gus Poyet, and and then look at where. I'm not saying I'd still be there, but look where they are now, <laughs> and and how glorious they are from the With Dean to to the New to the Amex, and then chose Swindon, and we were just utterly terrible.
3: Well, if I give you one bit of silver lining, if you sign for Brentford, then
2: Greg wouldn't love you quite the way he does now. (laughs) It's Greg that sat in the corner here tied up. Greg, keep it down, mate. You won the day. Shut up. (laughs) Let's
3: very quickly switch our attention to the Bournemouth game and then we can talk about Gio Reyna around that as the other new signing and sort of Ribeiro as well. Um, Kick us off on the Bournemouth game, Pete. We always do so badly against them. We did draw there last season, actually, but I don't know. Are you fearful of this one or optimistic?
0: Uh, I guess a, a little bit of both, and lots of lots of other things as well. Um, I Had a long chat with a, a pal who's got a real sort of analytical brain for football, and I was asking him to talk me through how he sees the the Bournemouth side and all that sort of stuff. We we came to quite a lot of sort of joint conclusions. I guess I, I think they're a really good side. I've been—I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but I've been really impressed by the way that they've operated in the transfer market, the way that they. are They've been coached now with the new new manager. Um, they've, they've signed a lot of players who've come into the team and seem to have taken to the Premier League pretty seamlessly, which says a lot, I think, for the recruitment and for the environment that they're operating in. Um, either that or it's just a, an awful lot of luck, but I, I presume the former. Um, from what I've seen of them, I'd say they look like a really good side. the The press is really impressive, I think, about as good as, as I've seen um, amongst the sort of not proper top tier teams in this division, um, they're athletic all over the pitch, which I think is exactly what you need um, in in the modern game in the Premier League. Uh, mobile, the wide men attack the box with sort of real gusto, great goal threats. Obviously, Solanke is a, is, a, is a is a threat, and he'll keep the centre house busy. Um, <laughs> Some players that I've been quite jealous of them signing as well, Alex, Alex Scott in particular. Some somebody that I would have loved to see uh, come here. But having said all of that, I think it's it has to be about us. That's what Nuno seems to have, seems to have brought since he he's come to the football club. A, a real sort of focus on what we can do, how we can damage the opposition, and and going out with real intent in these games. Um, hopefully, we can capture a bit of that that spirit and quality from Newcastle and Man United. And if we can, then there's no reason why we can't be a match for them and, and get a result. Um, so like like I said, I think, I think they're a really good team and I'm very impressed by the way they've been going about things. Um, but with the qualities that we've got and with Gibbs White having his swagger back, um, I think he's the number one game changer on the pitch, uh, all being well, and uh, I can see us getting a result.
3: Yeah, oh, that was very good. Um, they know what they are, certainly. They're one of those teams, um, products, aren't they? I suppose, like Peter, it's about us. I mean, I assume we're going to be a lot more attacking than we were against Arsenal. That was that was just a one-off based on the opponents and something that's worked yeah. against them before, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, it was it was always going to be that. And I'm not saying it, it's defeatist, but it's preserving a point. Um, it, it's not easy on the eye. Um, it takes a hell of a lot of hard work and concentration as well because any significant switching off. Look at the first goal. <clears throat> suddenly the ball's in the back of your net and you look at the Montiel mistake. In the Championship, does that get punished? Probably not. In the Premier League, it absolutely does, very swiftly. Um, but I think, to echo P's point, this is a side that you've got to be very, very wary of. They do attack at pace. Alex Scott's a terrific footballer. The, the form that Solanke's in obviously attracted interest from bigger clubs. Nothing concrete was obviously laid out and I've been intrigued to see what happens with him in the summer. But against, the, against these teams that we would classically call the ones in and around where Forest can take points from, then it's imperative that they, I mean, what currently sitting twelfth and six points ahead of Forest, um, there's plenty to be wary of. But you, you they've got to approach the game in a different way. They've got to approach the game um to not in the sense of not losing, but in a sense of going to win it because as we well know, and there's been some chat in the in the comments as well with regards to potential updates with the um the the profit and sustainability breaches. It's now about accruing those points that give you enough breathing space. That if suddenly the, this a sanction does come in and you, it's taken points uh, in, in a points direction, that Forest are safe enough and, and clear of the bottom three enough to be able to to stomach that. But yeah, the Bournemouth game's got to be a, a completely different approach. And I'd like to think if you are traveling to the game, that you're going to see something a bit easier on the eye rather than kind of sitting back till about seventy minutes and then going for it. I think we will. I think we will. Let's go through a couple of lineups then uh, that Pete and Mikey
3: have done. And I think I've got them right. We'll start with Mikey's bringing him in first. I shall read it out as ever and then let Mikey talk us through it. Uh, sells in goal for his debut. A back four of Montiel, a returning the Acate, Murillo, who on this picture looks like a cyborg. So that explains why he's so good. Uh, Harry Tofflow, left back. Dominguez and Danilo sitting. And then Elanga returning to the starting lineup. Gibbs White. Hudson-Odoi coming back in and Taiwo starting up front. Uh, just talk through the general thinking there, Mikey, and then we'll chat about a couple of names.
4: Yeah, sure. I think it's going to be a great match. You know, I think it be. I echo the guys' thoughts. It's going to be totally different to, um, to the Arsenal game. We will go there and attack. There's no doubt about that. I think we've scored eight goals in the last three away games, cup and league combined. You know, three at Blackpool, three Newcastle, two at Brentford. So, you know what he's going to do. You know he's going to play that formation. You know we're going to try and score goals. And with the returning um to the side uh last week of of Alanga and Tywo and Gibbs White's now back in um after a after a short spell out, I've got real hope, real hope that we're gonna go there and take the game to them. I think it'll be it could be a bit of a basketball end-to-end game because you know mm-hmm. Pete was absolutely spot on, you know how they're gonna play. They're not going to be backwards in coming forwards, and I genuinely think we're going to have a go at them as well. So it could be a three-two, a four-three. It could it could be one of them. I think I think my lineup is with that in mind. We're not very good at keeping clean sheets at all. What, what have we kept three off season? Maybe not not many at all. So we are going to have to score two goals in order to get the three points at least. And I think this lineup gives us the best chance of doing that. So I've kept the back four. I think the goalkeeper will come in. Of course, I'd be surprised if anybody thinks mm. otherwise. Um back four almost picks itself. I think with Nearcate coming back, I think he struck up a nice partnership with Murillo before he left. Um I think yeah. Bamadeli, See, I've been practicing that still. I think he <laughs> he's he's been really good. Um oh sorry, thing just found <laughs> oh <up. my> <laughs> on, I think just fell out. Sorry about that. Um iPad. Um yeah, he's he's been really good. Um, but I think, he, I think he'll drop out and I think he'll come back in for the Cup game against Bristol City. Um, so I think Nia Cate comes back in. There's your back four. The two in midfield, as Pete was saying earlier, we do still have options. Um, I'd personally go with Danilo and Dominguez. Uh, and then probably have, have Yatesy come on later, dependent on, on how the game's looking. And then it's that three behind the one, isn't it? I think this will probably cause the most debate. I think Hudson-Odoi was... Unlucky to lose his place against Arsenal, but I understand why. So he we went for the more secure, I guess, pick of Dominguez on the left and Nico Williams on the right. I don't think we'll be that cautious. I think at Brentford, I think Callum will come back in. I think Alanga might start as well after a week's worth of training, even if he can give us sort of 55 minutes or so. There's a debate whether we, we bring him on, but I'd like to see him start Because of the way I think the game's going to take shape, I genuinely think it will be end-to-end. So I'd rather him give us 50 minutes or so at the start rather than bring him on when we're one or two goals down when they've kind of shut up a little bit and there's not the space there. So I'd go with Hudson-Odoi-Langer, Gibbs-White, obviously. And then Tywo, same for Tywo. You know, Prutz was right. He made such a difference when he came on against Arsenal. Not just the goal just his physical presence and his running. and he's, he, he, You saw some of his touches, they weren't as sharp, um, but he's been out for a while and that will come with game time. So, again, if we can get 55, 60 minutes, if the medical staff advise that, for Tywo, same as Alanga, that's that's what I'd go with. I think um, I think our bench will look significantly stronger than it has done because you've got a couple of players coming back from AFCON. Push, you've got the new arrivals, haven't you, of Rayner, um, Ribeiro perhaps Joe stuck around so I think we will have genuine options on that bench for the first time in quite a while um, which leads me to believe even more that it's going to be a really interesting high scoring game but yeah that's what I go with a four-two-three-one, Um, and then just the debate around that front four but I, I'd, I'd love to see Taiwo and Alanga start and then you can bring your Rayner and your Chris Wood on uh, to see the game out
2: can you imagine if there's three goalies on the bench on Sunday?
4: <laughs> <laughs> that would amazing.
2: be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we just change our 25-man squad to get five keepers in. <laughs> I know Nuno's a former goalie, but come on, that's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> um, right, because Plutz was excluded from Graphics Club this week, uh, I'll ask. I'll throw a couple of names at him then and get his take on it. Put Mikey's team back up for a second. Um, it's good. it's a good would...
2: front four, that. I like that a lot.
3: Well, it's so good that I wouldn't mm. pick a one year because I'd wrap him in cotton wool still because of his okay. groin problems. So you—that's what I was going to ask you about Pruts.
2: I'd be quite happy starting Chris Wood. I don't think he did anything. right, did everything right. Really. What would no, you, and I think you, you, I think as well. We we spoke about the formation and the approach. That then means that Chris wouldn't spend forty-five minutes running around on his own at the top, wouldn't it? And and I think Morgan did try to try to bridge the gap. It did. I mean, for for all of the four-two-three-one, four-three-three. Three, Four four two. At times, it did look a bit like a four four two. I thought with Forrest, you had Morgan up, kind of parallel with Chris, and then that four behind them, uh, and then obviously the back four. The, the and it looks relatively fluid, but it just meant that the forest got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and and there, there was no element of being able to spring forward. But with Alanga, with Callum, and with uh, Morgan, and going back to what Pete said, I, I thought those little flicks and stuff that I think were frustrating people earlier on in the season, he looked relatively efficient. I thought on Tuesday with, with the little bits of the ball that he had, uh, there was a lot of stuff that was simplified. There was a lot of stuff that was straightforward that he did. Um, the energy that he had to get around the pitch, I thought was, was really good to see. Obviously I'm talking about fundamentals of a Premier League football. We, we all know that these should be done (laughs) every single game, but sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. Um, but I know what you mean with Taiwo. He looks in great shape. I mean he said on Twitter, didn't he, that he hadn't put any weight on or anything like that. And you do well to put any weight on in a Premier League team nowadays. But he he added that dynamism that Chris couldn't provide in the first half. But again, if you, if we do it in the in the debate about kind of horses for courses, the fact that this game with him up top, providing that platform, and then the three around him giving him the energy, I, I can I can absolutely see that, Matt. I really can. And I think as much as there has been a bit of a debate about Chris and, and and before he actually got himself into the team and started scoring goals. He's, he's chipped in, hasn't he, with regards to his volume of goals and, and obviously three coming in one game obviously helps. But he, I think he has chipped in. Whether you, you deem that then value for money, that's a different debate. But he's, he's certainly an effective presence for Forrest and a different presence to what Ty will bring. What's Your take on Montiel Prats? We've debated him a lot on here.
3: You saw him up close, uh, at the mm. Arsenal game where he was involved in another goal. I think that's at least three since January, off the top mm. of my head. Brentford, Blackpool, first game, and now this yeah. one. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, he's got the World Cup CV,
2: but is he all he's cracked up to be for you or not? Um, I thought he was all right. It, it that a missed kick can happen to anybody at any time in a football match, like I said, that the missed kick. And then the players that finish it, um, that that compounds the mistake. You're, you're playing against a team that, in its own mind, has got a, a huge chance of of chasing down the top end of the Premier League. So that is going to happen, and that's going to be the result of making that particular mistake. I thought at times you worked pretty well with with Nico. Um, it again, I, it sounds, it, I sound thoroughly underwhelmed, don't I? Which is which, which is probably a bit disrespectful. He until and, and so until the until that mistake, he'd done a decent job of containment. I think down that side, Arsenal saw a lot of the ball with a pepper in the Forest goal. Not really. They they kind of a, they get into positions where they then transform into kind of Manchester City light, where Man City get to a point where it's intricate little passing around the box and rip teams to shreds. Arsenal did that, got him behind a couple of times. The balling wasn't very good, um, and it wasn't necessarily panic stations. The panic stations, ironically, come from. Forest pressing the, the button themselves and putting themselves in a position where they've got to react to that. So the fact that the goal comes from that side of the pitch as well with a quick throw in the, the Jesus goal isn't great. So I think the effort and the endeavours and the endeavours there to say he's won the World Cup, he's a phenomenal stat and scored the winning penalty, which again is is is, is phenomenal in itself. But um, I, I still think, or I'd like to think, there's a hell of a lot more to come from a player that's got that on his CV. Uh, Let's move on to Pete's team.
3: Mikey said the back four picks itself, but Pete's got (laughs) two different players in it. So I'll read it out uh, and then Pete can talk us through it. Uh, Sales and goal as well for his debut. Nico Williams right back and Omar Bamadeli centre back. Those have been the two changes. Uh, Murillo and Toffolo. And then Ryan Yates and Danilo sitting with uh, Dominguez and Ilanga as the wide players and Tyro a one year up front. I guess there's a few fitness caveats in there, Pete, but what's your general thinking?
0: Yeah, big fitness caveats around Tyro and, and Ilanga, of course, as with Mikey's team. Um, I'm minded to sort of be hopeful and go with them if possible, um, <clears throat> even if uh, just for 45, 50, 60 minutes, like Mikey says. Uh, as regards the rest of the team, um, Neocarte. I don't know what situation he's going to be in terms of getting back with whatever jet lag he might have, whether he's got any remnants of the injury that, that affected him earlier on in AFCON. I know he played the last game, uh, but I think the two that are in there have done pretty well um, thus far. Clearly, there's a, a bit of a concern about their their ability to cope with aerial battles and such like, which could be an issue. Um, but I've stuck with them for now because I don't know where is going to how, how Niacarte is going to be. Um, I see I've had a great bit of feedback from Pat in the comments already who's <laughs> absolutely loving my team well I'll give you my defence the defence of my team is that I think whilst I'm fo- whilst, whilst I'm largely focused on what we what we can do in this game, I do think that we have to think about the, the Bournemouth threat and as far as I see it it's energy, it's athleticism it's mobility across the pitch and I think we need to match that um, Yates and Dominguez bring that in spades and Nico does as well um, with those three in the team, I think we've got three sort of absolute terriers um, who really give us an edge. Competing work rate is huge, energy levels are massive. I don't think you lose an awful lot of dynamism by taking Hudson Odoi out and having Domingos playing in that advanced position. Um, he links up with Gibbs White well. Uh, you've still got three very dynamic um, threats on on the break um, in the side. So I'm sticking with that for now. I think uh, Dominguez as an eight in future is probably where I see him, um, and I, I, ho- I hope that that's something that we can work towards. But for me, that's probably playing against play alongside Sangare and not Danilo because for me that's a two mids where I'm just not sure if the discipline's going to necessarily be there. Feels like a bit of a gamble, uh, a gamble from where, from where I'm sitting. But I know Yates gets a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of hate, but I think it's absolutely perfect for him this game. Um, there's so many threats that I think he he helps to to counter whether it's the physicality of Billings Lanky, um or the the sort of aggressive press and dynamism of their of their side. Um, so that's the yeah I, I stick by the team um, in terms of the fullbacks. I, I think it's a bit of a much of a muchness at the moment. There's not an awful lot in it in terms of the sort of overall ability of those those players that we've got as options. As I see it, Montiel has been a bit of a risk to us in recent weeks with, with some of his mistakes. Um, I'm sure um, Nico has obviously made one mistake against Arsenal, at least um, playing in a more advanced position. But I think when Nico's played recently, wherever he's played on the right hand side, he's, he's been, he's been really good. And I think he deserves a run where we, where we invest in, in him as a young player, who's got a really, really high potential upside. I don't buy the, he can only play wing back sort of argument. Um, and on the other side, I think it has to be tough because um, I'm a bit scared by the alternative.
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, a, yeah. For, from, a, from a footballing sense or anything.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I really hope that we could forget about that now. I, honestly, I don't I don't think I'll ever stop seeing those images.
3: <laughs> um, let's move on. The any, the player <laughs> worries me. The I will well, say the player <laughs> I wish we had is probably Willy Bolly. I just looked back. It, w- it was a two within Nuno's first game of Bolli and Murillo. And I wonder if that's because of uh, Solanke's aerial threat, which obviously we know killed us later in the game. So I uh, just worry about it. Whoever the centre-arves are, that's my big worry for us. I'm going to put the graphic back up and ask Pruts just about a couple more. Um, Gia Rain has not been in any, any of our teams, yeah. Pruts. I mean, we, you know, a young player who's coming from a different league. Is it best just to ease him in from the bench for a, for a couple of weeks now we've got Elanga fit again?
2: Yeah, I'd say so because when we talked about the goalkeeping situation, that that's kind of um, needs to be addressed ASAP. And you've done your deal, you brought cells in, so he does go into the side with Rayner. Um, if you're chasing the game uh, later in the in the in the actual game, chuck him on. Let's see what he's got. Um, but I think given the players that have been there for a while and understand what Nuno wants. It won't hurt for him to have a good look at it from um, his vantage point, potentially on the sub-bench. Um, and then there's other there's a few more days in training under his belt to, to really get up to speed. Because as we said, we need players to hit the ground running, don't we? <clears throat> to perform pretty much straight away. Um, and and given maybe that week's kind of grace period where um, he sees what the team wants. And I think I've said it before on here, Transfers work in two ways. It's what this bringer plays, what this bringer plays, what this player brings. Bloody hell. Bring a play. That bodes well for being on telly later on, doesn't it? Get me words out properly. Um, and then what he does to the players around him, if there's a, a kind of collective kick at the backside for those attacking, attack minded players that think, well, there's a new kid here that could potentially take my plays, that then pushes their levels on. Then you get their production levels up. I think um, it can bode really, really well. But I think, I mean, both teams, I think, I won't go as fast as saying Pete's team just no. <laughs> There's a lot to like in in, in in both of them, Um and it just goes to show as well, given what we've we've spoken about with players' ins and outs, that the names that you're looking at, we've mentioned Montiel as, as being a, a bit jumpy and and a, and a bit risky at times. But the the go- if you sort the goalkeeping situation out, I think, I mean, the, there is a collective there of 11 players that should resolutely be looking up, up the premier league rather than worrying too much about teams below them catching them and being able to look after their own business really on the pitch uh last topic quickly
3: because the clock's ticking and i want to get this in for each of you just briefly i mean are we well set to stay up now mikey well i suppose you have to caveat the, the ffp thing but based now we know all the squads for all the teams around us how are we fixed
4: um, I'm nervous just because of where where we're at and and what's potentially coming over the horizon because we don't know. But with that aside, we I, think, I don't think there's any any doubt that we have underperformed in terms of accumulation of points this year in terms of where we where we thought we all might be, and that's from the owner downwards. There are numerous reasons for that, and I think you hit the nail on the head last night, Matt, when you were saying, you know, we. Again, a big influx of players. We didn't know what system we were playing. We've had a manager change. You know, there's been a, a bit of turmoil there at the club. But now the window is shut. We know what we have. Every squad's the same. And, and this squad is not going to change, barring maybe the odd free agency here, there, here, there and everywhere. Um, this is what we have for the second half of the season. And if you look at it on paper, it looks significantly stronger than what we had last season. And if you remember our run-in last season, we did really, really well. We got some points that nobody was expecting us to get. The city ground became, or already was, but certainly became a fortress. We turned over a lot of big teams there. And then our waveform started to pick up slightly at the back end of last season too. So my my caveat would be, as long as we perform to those standards, if not higher, we should be okay. But the, the proof is in the pudding. You know, we... These games are ticking down. You know, we're over halfway through the season and, you know, we're one resort away from that bottom three. And like I said, we don't know what's coming over the corner. So it's about accumulation of points, but it's also about that rhythm and routine. And I think Nuno set his stall out about what we're going to be like. You know, I think puts it the nail on the head. I think the Arsenal game was a, was a one-off. I don't expect us to play like that again, maybe other than Man City when they come to the city ground. I think every game's going to be, Let's just see if we can maybe score more goals than, than, than them, if I'm honest. Um, and our goal scoring rate recently kind of backs that up. So I am cautiously optimistic, but I'm just nervous because of where we are. Hopefully I'm going to come on you know, in a couple of weeks' time and we'll have gotten something against Bournemouth. We'll have turned Newcastle over and done the double on them. You know, We'd have beat West Ham. That was our first, first game back. And we won 1-0, <clears> didn't we? And it was a great occasion. If we do anything like that, then we're having completely different conversations in a couple of weeks' time. So, I'm optimistic, but now, now we've just got to, got to get all, all get behind the players, all get behind the team, and just see what we can do because we've got a massive month coming up. There's some really tough fixtures coming up. So if we can get out the back of them, where from March onwards it looks a little bit, a little bit nicer. If we're still above the bottom three, I think we'll be fine. But. Got to start picking up points, Matt, and, and stop letting in them soft goals. And it starts on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I think we're better going forward. So, our midfield and our attack significantly better. I'm not sure we are better in goal or defensively. Navas v. Cells is going to be interesting. We, I hope mm-hmm. that if Sells is as good as Navas was, who wasn't amazing, but he was good, then I think we'll be fine. Um, yeah, the centre-backs and the left-back and the right-back, uh, I'm not sure they're better than what we <laughs> had last season. Other yeah other than that it was all right back last season oh surge yeah, There's uh, little. yeah. <laughs> what about you pete in terms of the bigger picture
0: uh i'm going to choose to ignore all of the context which is a great place to start with an opinion um <laughs> forgetting the, the threats of profit and sustainability and forgetting the state of the fixture list which looks a little bit intimidating in the coming weeks i'm i'm pretty confident to be honest um We've come to the end of the transfer window without going mental, which I think gives me a lot of hope for Nuno being able just to keep working with the squad, developing relationships, building from a pretty good start to to life at the city ground. Um, We've hopefully addressed the goalkeeping situation. I'm going to choose to be optimistic about that one. We've got players coming back all over the place now. Injury concerns are lifting uh, players coming back from AFCON who give us great options. We've not spoken about Olorena, for example, today, but suddenly he brings you options both sides of the pitch at fullback. Um, possibly the best one-on-one defender out of the lot that we've talked about. Um Sangare, hopefully he can be a real uh, a, a real sort of positive for the second half of the season. As I mentioned earlier, Gibbs White's absolutely on his game now. You can see the swagger which with which he receives the ball, turns and goes. He's he's ready to make a difference in, in every moment of the game. Um so I guess to summarize I think Nuno's got the uh, got the tools that he needs now to 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 keep us up um I take a huge amount of heart from those those first wins first two wins um that came under under his stewardship and yeah I'm feeling pretty optimistic I think there's a really there's a really decent eleven in the in the squad that we have available or'll soon have available um I think we can go to teams and be a threat for them to worry about. I think we've got players who can do what they did towards the end of last season where we had those purple purple patches from players like Danilo and Gibbs-White and Owen, I think we've got those players in the squad and they they're looking good and I'm I'm pretty confident that if we uh, if we aren't sort of totally ruined by uh the off the off the pitch stuff then I'm pretty confident that we can um, we can survive and do, do it in a bit of style as well
3: what about you Prats, in terms of slightly more uh, kind of disconnected view, uh taking the wider Premier League picture, in now we've seen like no one went mental at the bottom, did they? Burnley signed no. two players on loan. Uh Sheffield United signed Mason Holgate and yeah. Ben brereton Diaz. Obviously, we know, but no one's gone crazy, so we know where we're at. Uh, have we got enough?
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I mean, I'd have I'd have half an eye on Luton, given the obviously it was a it was a whopping result of the night, but. That sometimes the intangibles can carry a team forward and I think what Rob's done there is a, is a wonderful job. Um, so momentum could be key for them. Uh, but given where Forest find themselves in 16, so just a couple of points behind Brentford and four behind Palace and then five behind Fulham, all the way up to 12th and Bournemouth, I think <clears throat> in that kind of bottom half spread, they're, they're more than good enough to finish 17th or above. And, and again, that sounds really, really defeatist, but um, that's got to be the aim. Uh, as we said, it'd be nice for a, a nice, comfortable end to the season and going off Pete's point of, of an entertainment side of, of getting towards safety and security. But I definitely think there's three worst teams in Forest, and given what they've done, the, the 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 bounce around the place. I think we we were on here discussing Steve moving on, and, and there was a, there was a it was all very tinged with with a bit of sadness because of what he'd done. But as I said. The King's dead, long live the King, and it's now Nuno. And there's been real bright sparks and spots in, in his tenure so far. And he's been brought in to advance the team. That's his remit, isn't it? And, and advancement for for the ownership is not struggling and, and fighting relegation every season. It's developing, and he's brought the players in to do that. Um, hopefully, you've got a, a team which, is, which, if there's a heavier focus on attack, then that defence doesn't get breached as much. There's not as much work for that defence to do, which... Yeah, it sounds a bit uh, backwards, but could see Forrest attack teams, as we said, starting with Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, and I think the work that they've done and the collective feeling around the group should have absolutely everyone involved with Forrest feeling very, very positive. And we know how brutal the Premier League is, and notwithstanding various refereeing decisions, which can sometimes make you scratch your head, then they've got more than enough to make sure that between now and the end of the season, it's completely up to them how well they finish and how how they uh, finish the season. And there's no reliance on other teams not doing very very well, uh, and and being safe and secure and looking forward to another season in the prem. Yeah, I agree. My only reservations just around
3: the FFP stuff. I think there's definitely three worse teams than us. It's just that nagging thing hanging over your
2: head. So uh, yeah. I'm any any that. have we got any update? On that? Is it April where they come out and tell you tell us what's going on? Yeah, and then you can appeal, which would if you want to,
3: which would drag it into May. I mm-hmm. think Forests have gone very much cap in hand and said, "Look at what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been very restrained in the transfer window, and we, you know, we played as long as well as much as we could with the Brennan stuff." So, I think the feeling is they, you know, hoping it's not too heavy a points deduction at worst, mm-hmm. but we just don't know till April.
2: And and that's the thing, and it's because it because it, it, of the way it works backwards. And there was, a, there was there's there's a, a broader debate on this about football finance when. It's a business model that, that operates and allows for excessive loss. There can't be many other mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a businessman, no my any imagination, but there can't be that, that many industries where you work on. It's okay to lose this as long as as long as other parts of, of your, of your organization are up to speed. And it's and it's obviously because of that. I think the thing with the Everton one, um, because of it being historical, but then Still kind of smashing through transfer windows and spending money, that's what could be a real problem for them. Whereas as you say, we're for it, it's rowing back on it and kind of going, let's pump the brakes a little bit. That only helps in the future. That doesn't help with potential points deductions right now, doesn't it? So potentially there's a lesson that's learned, but it come it could come at the cost of points being deducted from this season, couldn't it? True. We've almost gone for an hour. Alan Partridge's got to check out his travel as soon as well. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I've got I've got loads of stuff to do today. <laughs>
3: Oh, dear. You want to get back home to Mrs. Pratt and the kids, I'm sure, don't you?
2: Let's be honest, and and I I never speak on behalf of my wife, but she's infinitely probably happier when I'm sat in here doing podcasts and stuff rather than Miser and (laughs) Heron. Let's not send it to a relationship counselling live on the internet, shall we? (laughs) If she's
3: watching this, I'll be very surprised. Oh, she's not. (laughs)
2: She still (laughs) thinks I play for (laughs) Forrest.
0: Uh
3: if you've enjoyed this, do us a favour, uh like and subscribe. It does help spread the word. It was great to have so many people with us last night, <coughs> excuse me, for a couple of hours of a marathon stream. Uh very quickly, because we've done an hour. Anything to add, Mikey, before we depart?
4: Um, only one thing. I I I, I, I fancy to get a uh, a really good resort at Brentford and I think it might kick us off. <laughs> Honestly, I bet this is what happens when you do, like, last night and this morning. Um, yeah, I, I fancy it's, there were winnable games coming up, and I fancy us to, to go on a run now, and that's my fingers crossed. The only other thing I was thinking is, you know, I mentioned earlier, free agency. Forrest have had a tendency to get somebody in, haven't they, in the past. I don't know how the squad makeup's looking with the 25, but there are some free agents, weirdly, free agents out there that... Can you remember Nicholas Bentner coming in and IU and some of the rest of them? I'm not saying we're going to go down that route, but... There are some ones that used to play for Nuno as well. So people like Helder Costa and a few others, they're knocking around. So it just wouldn't surprise me knowing Forest, seeing as we didn't no, go mad on day. Me, okay. Don't don't encourage me. <laughs> it, it might. I just, it's just Forrest and it? it might happen. But no other than that, thanks for asking me on again, Mark. Appreciate it.
3: If we signed David De Gea on a free now, that would be the most peak oh. Forest thing ever. Yes, he's coming back, is he's off to south korea isn't he i think by the sound of it yeah yeah um i should say mikey you've said brentford the whole way through this stream not bournemouth
4: oh but uh, really oh my
0: word <laughs> i'm so tired
3: sorry guys that's all right. i feel <laughs> that corrected you earlier don't worry pete any last words quickly before we go
0: yeah um i'm delighted to see that i've won pat back over in the comments i did like, see that thank you that, that, that was that was really sort of nagging away at me. So, <laughs> thanks very much for that, Pat. Much appreciated. Oh, and just one other thing. Um, I just cannot wait for Pie Night with Prutz on Thursday.
2: <laughs> Matt, Matt's pain as well. I mean, that's the reason why I would drive over to Nottingham for a free meal. I'll go anywhere for a free meal. Matt knows that. Uh, tr- yeah,
3: that's good. Well, you, yeah, you're always welcome to come over. Just You live so far away when Mrs. Pratt lets you through the door. So, yeah. <laughs> Any final words, for us?
2: No, no. If, if you're bored tonight, watch Bristol City-Leeds. Um, Good job remember the plane as well. Um, yeah. And, and then, as I said, motivation is stay in the prem. then you don't get me talking about you.
3: If Bristol City-Leeds is better than Bristol City-Forest, uh, then I might watch it, yeah. But that was <laughs> up there with the worst games I've seen this season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that FA Cup re- first game. Oh God! Well, we'll talk about it, actually these nicely. We'll talk to about a very exciting FA Cup replay next week. But in the meantime, we'll we'll be back on Sunday for the Bournemouth post match stream with uh, myself and Mark, and then uh, Monday main podcast, Tuesday match preview, Wednesday post match stream, Thursday post match reaction, and then uh, I'll probably take a day off on Friday. And then a post-Newcastle stream is the plan coming up next week. So thanks very much to everyone for watching. Good to have 400 people with us so soon after that epic deadline day stream last night. Mikey, thank you very much.
0: Uh, brilliant. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Pete, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And
3: I'll see you all. Pruts, we love you uh, as a great man of this parish, even though we give you loads of crap. Thank you very Good. much.
2: That's, that's all I'm here for. If you're looking around and you've not spotted the whopper in the room, it's you. And I'm doing that right now.
3: It's not Chris Boyd taking a shower, is
2: it? It's not. My God, that was some <laughs> sight. Yeah. yeah won't be have... leading the football line anytime soon, I'll tell you that. I, <laughs> I should have caveated that by saying Prutz is Chris yeah, <laughs> that's
0: really, really With
2: Chris yeah. Boyd. <laughs>
3: <laughs> For Sky Sports duties. Yeah, otherwise it just well, it sounded weird anyway. Yeah. Right. Well, what a good note to end on. Thanks very much, everyone. Uh, have a good day, and we shall see you uh, tomorrow, Sunday. That was a slick ending, your it's show you on
2: Sunday. I know, but I forget when which days the games are now, don't I? It's it's, not... it's straight, it's, it's it's straight after the Brentford game. So good luck, lads. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: Thanks very much, everyone. We shall see you soon.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.